0: Hello everyone, welcome to episode 11 of Bright Time, which features me. Uh, This episode has Lon interviewing me, and I have to say that sitting on the other side of the table, giving up the control of being the interviewer, and putting myself in Lon's hands was really uh, an interesting experience for me. I know how you other guys felt when you were sitting there now, and uh, I really enjoyed it and found it interesting. I thought Lon did a really good job with it. And rather than go into the topics we discussed and what Lon did, I'm just gonna let you listen. Uh, he took a different approach, and I think you're going to enjoy it. So, without further ado, I give you me.
1: What does a man with a lot of interesting friends and some time in his hands do? He starts a podcast. Welcome to Bride Time, a sit-down with a different person from Good evening, Brian. I'd like to welcome you to your own podcast.
0: Wow, this is really a treat. I've been a big fan of the podcast welcome. since it
1: started. You know, we can make all, all <laughs> sorts of jokes about how we have have you on the other side of the desk for tonight, but but let's just get to the heart of it. <laughs> this is an important conversation that you and I are about to embark upon. Very. And, <laughs> I'm not sure why. But. And I feel a little bit, I feel. I feel the gravity of the situation. Do you?
0: Yeah, I do. Ever since you came into the studio uh, with a a red world full of Listen, I've never seen anything like this. I
1: wanted to try to collect my thoughts. I sat down about an hour ago before I got in the car and I said, collect your thoughts so that this is not as haphazard and and disorganized as it would otherwise be. And this is still going to be pretty haphazard and disorganized. Here's what I think is the challenge about this conversation. This podcast that you have going This is a podcast that's about people who've been in your life for a long time. And it's really, I think, at least so far, it's been mostly for people who've been in your life for a long time. And so what that means is that the people who are going to be listening to our conversation tonight and all your other conversations that you've had to date, these are people who already know a lot about you. And I think that the challenge for us, the hope for us, if we do things correctly in this conversation, is for the folks who are listening, the folks who love you and already know a lot about you, for them to come away after our conversation saying, you know what? I actually learned something new about Brian Daneski, who I love and I already knew a lot that, about. Is that, that is that a fair challenge? Is that Can we set forward. that as
0: our goal? Well, I mean, I think you've set a very high challenge for yourself. It is. Because... I don't, I don't think there's anything below the surface as <laughs> well I was talking about that, with Dave Gerard. That's
1: right. I and I meant that. I mean, well, sorry. we may not have to dig deep, but but <laughs> it's a it's a broad surface. It's 50 years worth of surface area your life. So so whether we dig deep and I will try to dig deep and cuz I disagree with that notion by the way as a friend of yours and 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 Dave <laughs> I think was mostly joking. Um I do think there's a lot of depth there. So I'm going to I'm going to take issue with that, but whether it's whether it's on the surface or whether it's deep, that that I think should be kind of the yeah. framework for this conversation. I'd like you to help me there. I'd like yeah. you to maybe, if there's an opportunity um, tonight in this conversation, for you to say, you know what? Here's something that I think, even you know, Jay with the red hair who and Alfie don't don't know. Um, please feel free to share.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm All gonna right? I'm gonna really try to dig deep, and you know, honestly, I, I've been holding back a lot of emotional issues. And I feel like tonight might be the night. The we'll I'm talk
1: it. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk. About, we're going to get emotion. We might cry. I could use you a. Cr- I could use a good you've cry. you have a lot of laughing. You might cry. And look. And if I got, this, I sucks, got a lot of tears If, my if, if eyes. we fail. Yeah. If this is just a haphazard mess, then no one will ever know. You don't need to even air this thing. I, I think right? it's getting aired no matter You're what. The back. Yeah. We can it. highly edit it. Maybe, we. we but. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We could try again. We could do a take two. I am in your month. hands, and I am a willing participant. All right. So let let's do this. Let's talk. By the way, and start off the same way when... But, we, I, but I, I love it on
0: this side. When we had... It, 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 do you feel comfortable I, I, I mean... The, you the pour yourself the flicking, your own drink. You're plying yourself with your own alcohol. I mean, this office with the flickering lights and it's cold. I mean, I don't know what thing you're That's setting a up beautiful here, but, place for a conversation.
1: Yeah, yeah. But no, I'm ready to go. And, and, uh, it, and I like... We're, yeah. we're both... You pour for your... You pour for, for both sides of the table. I absolutely, absolutely. Appreciate it. So, so yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm willing to go wherever you want to go. And just like last time... When I was on that side of the table, um, and I was complaining at the time, and maybe this is an act of retribution, we haven't talked about anything again, have nope, we? You no, you want this. No, nothing, no prompts, no, I'm going to ask you about your favorite blah, blah, no, blah. No,
0: literally nothing. I asked you if you wanted to do that, you said no. So I'm going to throw it at you, Let's and we're going to see what happens. Let's go.
1: I'm putting the first file folder to the <laughs> oh, side. God, no. I mean, now... I thought you did a great job with that first file um, folder. For, here, here, and here's my second file folder. I'm going to start with your... Um <laughs> start with your childhood. And now we talked a little bit about it. You've talked about it on, on on podcasts that you've done with your brothers and with Alfie and Jay with the red hair. Um let me ask you straight up, Brian Denevsky, childhood. If I were to ask you to think of a happy childhood memory, can you tell me what's the first thing that comes to mind?
0: A happy childhood memory? Yeah. Any, you any. Don't, and you don't want an answer like, you know, I thought I had an f- overall very happy child. Did you want something I, specific? I want,
1: yeah. What comes to mind if someone says, tell me, like, how about this? Your first happy child You memory. know,
0: Little League, I, I remember getting a lot of pleasure doing well in Little League. So if, if I'm killing the ball, and it's funny because people think of me as egotistical, some yes. people. I don't, and maybe I was. I don't think I brag about anything except the one thing I have bragged and I will brag about is sports. So if I do good, I want the world you to know. Are you bragging?
1: Are you exaggerating? Or are you saying that you're just letting everyone know how good you I, really I want,
0: I want people to know. Yeah. At least I did when I was playing football with the guys on the weekends. Yeah. I always wanted people to know how good I was. Kind of like Tim at were, the yeah. end of his podcast when he was saying he was the best football player. And I'm, I'm not here to dispute he did, that. He
1: did exclude professional
0: people, yeah, people who yeah. do it for a living. Yeah. Well, that's Tim's but, modesty. But putting
1: aside only professionals, yeah. if, I, mean, I, I, used to, I
0: used to love getting up on Saturday mornings for the Little League games.
1: It's great. Yeah. Um, you played how many years?
0: From eight years old until about 14. What
1: position? I was almost always a first baseman and occasionally a pitcher. And your memories, though, mostly surround not your pitching or your fielding, but your big bat at the plate? Uh, I, well, I wouldn't call it a big bat because I was always a scrawny little kid. But I was a
0: doubles machine. Okay. So uh, I liked hitting my little doubles. Um, I was on good teams. We won some championships. It Your was batting average,
1: you would ballpark you down uh, at about what?
0: I don't. They, they didn't keep it back. then. They
1: didn't keep stats back then. You know now they keep stats. Yeah. Kids in little league. That's you right. Keep, look it up on the internet. Yeah,
0: I, I batted first or second because I was always making contact. Yeah, I we would, were fast. You had to I, be fast. I would go whole seasons without striking out. I was good at contact. I'm not saying I was the best athlete on the team or anywhere else, but to me,
1: I liked I like playing sports. If we had Timmy play little league. He said he was the best ever. Do you take issue with that? Who is a better Little League player, you or your beloved team? I mean,
0: the, the whole purpose of the podcast, I said at the beginning, was to kind of build up my friends and yeah. not attack anybody. Yeah, but now my, my first instinct would be to say <laughs> Tim is probably the worst. I can't about, I mean, I'm not asking you to demean I Tim. I won't say that. Or his talents. He says he Objectively was.
1: Objectively speaking. He played on
0: his high school um, foot, uh, baseball team. He's, he said he was a catcher, and he certainly had a lot of confidence at that Binghamton tryout. So I'm going to assume he was good. But, Did you play high school?
1: No, well, I, Bronx, we'll talk about Bronx Science. Yeah. Did they have a high school team? They did. They yeah, did. You just were too little.
0: I, I tried out when I was 14. I was a little scrawny guy. They didn't give me a shot, and mm. uh, I didn't get on the team. That's a sad story. It is.
1: We're going to come back to Bronx well, Science. Here comes the tears. You were right. Yeah. Did you bring we, any tissues? We, listen, I'm, we're going to get... Tito, we're gonna Tito talk get me a about, tissue. You're joking. We're going to talk about <laughs> oh, some, some that, issues of substance, if that, all, hopefully. The
0: joking does hide a lot of pain, by the way.
1: That's true. <laughs> it's a mask.
0: It it must be. I mean, who jokes as much as that without having a lot of issues?
1: So childhood memories first comes to mind is you uh, you performing well on the Little League baseball field. I like that. Now, it it ties into what you talked to your brothers about, which was growing up together in a one-bedroom apartment in the South Bronx, where I think you guys characterized it as you converted your one-bedroom apartment into a sports arena. Can you tell us a little bit about more about that?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't want to tread the same base, ground, but
1: baseball. What were you playing?
0: We well, Adam, I think talked about. We played puff f- football, puff f- f- basketball. We played football. I guess we played rugby because you had beds in a sense, so we, there's always like rough housing on the bed, wrestling. Um, you know the, the big sports. Guys were doing whatever
1: whatever sport was available. N- so you were we doing did. it in the apartment. That's
0: right. My mother would typically go out in the evenings for a couple of hours, and like that was with working. Your dad? No, my dad was usually working. Or, In the evenings? Or, or out with his friends.
1: Uh, That's because, interesting. Yeah.
0: And we had the full rain to our house.
1: So you guys would come home after school? Correct. And mom your, would, your mom would be where? She would make dinner or order from some
0: local fast food. And then, and then
1: she, she would she have dinner with you or she'd say, here's your dinner.
0: I'm going. Um, see you later. She called it going out, for, going out to get coffee. So she had some friends in the building who were neighbors right next door, the Millmans. Yeah. Uh, one of our friends was Scott Millman, who is Adam's age, but we considered him all our friend. And he she would go out with Scott's mom for
1: about an hour and a half most evenings. And then you would take that as an opportunity to torture your brothers. Well, I Or mean, at least to torture Eric. Well,
0: I thought we cleared that up, that Eric, based on Adam's testimony, wasn't really tortured. Well, he viewed I wanna, let's, tortured. Let's,
1: let's go to that for a minute. Okay. And then we could talk more yeah, about it. Yeah. Um, according to Eric. His notes (laughs) over there. You tortured him, uh, on average, five to six times a week, over a period of years. Correct. And then, and then you had your brother Adam in. And you asked him if, if he could kind of help you set the record straight. Yeah, and, and, and credit to you, you just let people tell their stories when they're on, on your side of the microphone tonight. Sure. They get the story, you're not going to challenge them. You want my side? Well, what I want to just first, before we get your side, is I just want to make sure that <laughs> we have for the record that when you asked Adam to chime in on Eric's allegations about five to six times a week over an extended period of time of you committing acts of torture... What I think I remember Adam saying is that's not correct. It wasn't quite so frequent.
0: <laughs> that, that's right. Suggesting that, in it fact, was,
1: torture was going torture on. Torture happened. Yeah. Perhaps it was on average three to four times a week yeah. over. So so um, here's the question. Um, would you like now to have this opportunity, this forum, this platform, if you will, to, to, to address those very, very serious allegations and, and tell us how you remember it in terms of uh, – uh, fighting around with your brothers, yeah. were, were, were you torturing uh, little Eric? Well, you know,
0: let me take a step. I'm happy to answer that question. Yeah, you know, every there's no person alive or ever alive, probably no person, who thinks they're doing wrong. Take Hitler for example. Hitler. Do you think Hitler thought he was doing
1: wrong? I think Hitler thought the world would be a better place if the Jews were exterminated.
0: Exactly. He thought he was doing the right thing. Nobody intentionally does wrong. Sometimes people do things that are wrong, and they kind of know when they're doing it. But for the most part, on the large issues, people think they're doing right, even when they're doing evil. So my view is that—and this is how I remember it—I remember we roughhoused, and we did— Things like, I was the older brother, so I, I was bigger and I could hold him down. And yes, I could spit torch him from time to time. And no, I never intentionally let the spit hit him. I always did try to shoot it up. <laughs> yes, was I negligent in letting it go solo that it did happen? Sure. Sure. I mean, it wasn't a huge concern. I knew that was a risk. And did he get beat up at times? <laughs>
1: it was a calculated did risk. Did he get
0: beat up at times? Absolutely. But I always viewed it that I was a benevolent dictator. I was a big brother. We never hit in the face ever. I never punched him with a closed fist anywhere. I mean, so I viewed as, yeah, you torture your little brother a little, but it was all, you know, it was all within the range and, and spectrum of appropriate
1: big yeah. brother behavior, as opposed to other big brothers who I knew were doing a lot worse than the younger brothers. Would you look back on your childhood together with your brothers and say, I was a good big brother? Is that, would that be a fair characterization? You know, that's a good question. Um, no. Because? But, but not because of
0: the torture and the beatings. I think that was that. Were, was you some there, were you
1: there, If someone else was was looking to torture or beat them, would you step in and 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 intervene and make sure that that not happened? What is yeah, it? yeah. I,
0: I defended them several times in times when someone beat them up. Or oh, yeah. well I, that's I, good, I, Big Brother. I after. would go and be yeah. So the, on that end, I, I think I did my job, and I'll leave that to them to, to to answer. But it you've struck on you you've this is like the Oprah moment you're waiting for. I feel I was not a good bro- Big Brother, and for this reason. So when I was growing up. I remember keeping Adam and Eric. We all played together, but when it came to my own friends, I never wanted them around. They were my little brothers, and embarrassing. I, I was well, not embarrassing. I just like for whatever reason, I didn't. Maybe I wanted my friends to myself. At even as I sit here, I don't know why I didn't, but I know for a fact I didn't let them kind of come. And some big brothers would bring their younger brothers under their. Yeah, wing. Little
1: brothers want to tag along. I,
0: I didn't do that. And um, in fact, Eric and Adam, uh, maybe as a result, they became pretty good friends. Uh, they lived together after college for a while. They developed a really strong friendship. I'm close to my brothers, but I don't have the relationship they have with each other. And I believe that I missed a really good opportunity of being a good brother, a big brother, by bringing them in in a way that I didn't do. So I I, I
1: actually regret that. Well, maybe you gave them a gift in some way in that they now have a bond – that maybe they wouldn't otherwise have had had you let them tag along and they didn't have yeah, that, that comment. Yeah, those anomaly. two deserve each other. Absolutely. I'm with you. Good. Well, if they have a tight- That's knit, a gift to each they, other. If they have a tight relationship, I mean, that that could be, you know, it's you, who knows how things would have happened if you would have let them tag. And by the way, let me say this. I think it is absolutely typical that the big sibling not, Want the the younger ones to be hanging out and tagging along with their yeah, friends. I mean, I I, I would have I I wanted none of that with my sisters. Well, well,
0: well, it's funny you say. I mean, I I I think that may be true in many cases, but you do see the the occasional big brother who does the goes the other way and takes that younger brother under the wing. And I think my brothers looked up to me back then, so it makes it even worse. So they kind of elevated me, and I could you know that's a nice thing to be in that position and to not then take them along and and treat them the way I I, I think I should have. You
1: feel some regret now? I
0: do feel some regret, and I don't feel regret about too much stuff. When did you
1: start feeling regret about that? Is this as, is this as uh, old yeah. as uh, 20 years ago, seeing yeah, them yeah, living like, together? Yeah, it's like, been a long time. Probably, yeah, it's a probably a good guess. Have I don't you ever when. had a conversation with either of them where we talked about this, like, you know, wish I would have, you know, you're a kid. You can't really fault yourself for, 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 for acting a little jerky when you're, Well, we're talking about you being, what, 12, 13, 14 years old yourself? Correct. Um, So you got to cut yourself some slack. Everybody's still formative and and not who they would hope to be yet because they're they're not really a a person fully yet. But have you ever had a chance to talk to either of them and say, you know what, Um, I feel feel some regret about that?
0: No, but I'm glad we're doing this now. Adam, Eric…
1: Is that right? You guys I, haven't had that. I, I want to
0: tell you right now. I'm really sorry. I
1: feel like we should have them here and we should hug. I think maybe upon, not cry these, yet, but these, we could hug. These kind of really personal things
0: should be. I shouldn't do it in person. I should tell them right now. I'm sorry. Right? Let's tell them. I'm, I think they. I'm, I'm sorry, guys.
1: Yeah, from the bottom of my heart. <laughs>
0: All right. I
1: that was you know. I try to be a pretty good big brother I, I, now. I'm sure you are. yes yeah, I've learned I think, from my mistakes. I'll tell you this. I don't know what you are as a brother, but uh, I I have a sense of how you are as um, as as a son and as as a parent. Um, and I'm not blowing smoke here. Uh, I. Think, I like this. this I, a, think, uh, a lot, for, I think you said a lot. This gives for the special admiration I, I, I have a lot of that. We're going to talk about that. I have <laughs> some issues with you, but mostly I have a lot of admiration. I Let's hear. stay with childhood for a second because okay. I got a, th- a sure. bunch of file folders. We're going to need to march through. Oh, no. How we, um, childhood. How did you spend your? How did you spend your summers? We um, starting at when I was two
0: or three years old. We went to the Catskills to so that bungalow colony that got referenced in some of the past podcasts.
1: Yeah, I, so every year for every, like many t- years until I was about 15. Really? Yes. Did they have a swimming pool there? Yes. So you don't so, know anything
0: about Bungalow Colony? Oh, life? Well,
1: I, I do they always is that like de facto rule that Bungalow Colony has a pool? Well, they, I don't no, I don't know much. I've well,
0: never I mean, been in the 70s, 60s, 70s and then at the beginning of the 80s until they kind of went away there were these bungalow colonies up in the Catskill Mountains. That much I know. Waller used to go to. And people, you know, everyone had their own, right? And it was typically Jewish families and Italian families that would go there. Um, They were not expensive trips. You can rent the bungalow for like $2,000 for the summer. And it was a cheap way to get out of the city. Get fresh air. Get fresh air and, you know, have, you know, what seemed like, you know, so it would pale in comparison to the sleepweight camps you probably send sure. your daughters to, but for us, you know, it was getting out of the Bronx. It
1: was a big deal. So you would go, so you would swim? There was what swimming. else would you do with the bungalow? Well, you you'd were in play camp. Sports? You were
0: in camp. So you oh, were they were organized activities? You were actually in a day camp. Um, out, that was run on the bungalow. Con. I didn't know that.
1: Yes. I thought a bungalow was like family vacation for two months with just no structure and random no. boredom.
0: No, you were in a bungalow. You were in a camp, and that was the main structure. The dads typically were not there during the week, so they'd work from from Monday to Friday. Friday, all the dads would come up for the weekend, so the the wives were there alone. And the dads were back in the city and we would go to camp Monday to Friday. And, you know.
1: and then what would happen in the evening? So camp, so camp activities and dad's not there. Then there was free reign. Would mom go for coffee and you'd beat up your brothers? What would happen at the mug glow in the evenings?
0: I don't remember her going for coffee because there wasn't like places near right. right. But the women would all get together and, you know, they had no, there was no supervision at all. <laughs> you guys were just
1: running rampant.
0: We were at, at a very young age.
1: And as far as young as I can remember, not just you with your brother, but you'd have friends at the bungalow. Yeah, colony yeah. And, and okay. Jay, Jay with the red hair, being he would at the, the same bungalow.
0: Jay came to my bungalow colony when I was twelve years old. So for the first five, six, seven years, there was no Jay. He was a different bungalow colony. He comes to our bungalow colony with a good friend of his. I become good friends with Jay's friend. And through that friend became friends with Jay. Who's who's
1: that friend? His name was Robert Ginsburg. Where is he now? Why right. is he not on our road trips? Why is he not on your podcast guest? That's a good question. What's um, his name
0: again? Robert Ginsburg. You're going to look him up. I've never heard of him. Um, he was more Jay's friend, frankly. He became my friend over a summer or two, but it never, there wasn't the same bond that I had with Jay. And the reason I had the bond with Jay is because after the summer was over, we would go back to the Bronx and just by coincidence, lived, we lived five blocks from each other. So it
1: was the so bungalow. We so, so, so you met first at the bungalow. Correct. We met first at the bungalow. Did you talk about this on your J podcast? A-, a little, yeah. I, it's okay. I have to pay closer attention yeah. to, your, to your interviews. You, I didn't re- I didn't remember that. You have, you, you I learned something. So to, I, we've achieved something. You learned something <laughs> yes. right now that we've you could have learned by have. simply listening to your well, friend's podcast. Well, I'm going to call it achievement for this conversation to the extent we set a goal, which was for someone to learn Listen, something. Don't worry. If we, if we go over, this is coming out. What are we? 20, 20 minutes? 20, yeah, we're doing Let's great. Let's talk faster. <laughs> <We've> got <laughs> file folders. Okay. Fast forward. Yeah. We're out of the Bronx. Well, yeah. no, we're still in the Bronx. Yeah. When you went to Bronx Science for high school, yes. selective high school sure. for smart kids, S- so you have the- to apply and, and take tests and, and, and a lot of kids trying to get in and you got in. Yeah. Were, you, were you still living in, where were you living? When I you- lived in the
0: same place in the Bronx that I lived from the day I was born until I was 18.
1: Okay, so all through high school, obviously. Correct. And so Bronx Science, let's talk about that for a few minutes. What was that like? Was that a happy time? Not so no. happy? no. So I'm
0: still kind of a runt. In, even when I'm 14 or 15, haven't grown yet. Yeah. Bronx Science is a huge school, like a 1,000 people in each grade. And the kids come from all across the five boroughs. So I had friends in Staten Island and in Brooklyn who would take two-hour commutes to get to school because Bronx Science is Bronx Science. So that was nice to have friends from all over. But the, the, the bottom line of that was that at, when school ended, everyone would disperse to the wind and, take, and commute home. So there was no hanging out with your friends after school from Bronx Science. So I never developed deep friendships with those kids because right. I couldn't they weren't in the
1: neighborhood. You weren't able to hang yeah, out. Yeah,
0: and after. I was kind of invisible in high school too. It was easy to be invisible in a school of a thousand. Um, so you didn't? Did you try out for the baseball team because you were good at baseball little league freshman year when I was fourteen and still tiny? I tried out. The guy? Would I you try out to pitch first base? No, it was a hit. it was a position player thing. I see. And the coach wasn't even looking when he sees you the were just guy, too small. I was too small. Never had a shot. I knew it the minute I stepped up the bat. Wow. I think he was on his, his his iPhone. But you came back from that.
1: You I'm played. You played college baseball.
0: I did. I did as as a junior. So that must have been the next time I've, I stopped at fourteen in the little league in the big booth league. And the next time I played baseball when I was on a twenty-one.
1: And you and you credit your line. credit your being able to make the the college baseball team for your being a lefty like that was a big deal. I think it helped. So why that wasn't a big deal in high school?
0: Um, apparently not. Okay. W- well, when you were a lefty, but you're two foot seven inches yeah, tall. Yeah, you were still small. You know, when did
1: you grow? When did you become six feet tall? Like 16, 17. Okay, that's a little late. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you this. I'm
0: still, I'm still maturing in some ways. and
1: Well, I'm, I think I'm still going through puberty, frankly. I th- well, we could talk about that, but I don't, you know, it's a family <laughs> broadcast. You you say that you are more evolved than um, the rest of the guys <laughs> when we're, so, but <laughs> that, we'll, we'll just topic. leave it at that. Um, so, so, I meant it spiritually, though. Well, you we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk spirituality in a few minutes. Oh no! Yeah, when when that this gets is, to forty, is, if we're not yet at spirituality. This is gonna be the podcast that sinks the podcast. Twenty. My question for you about podcasts is: What is it? How is it that you came to decide that you wanted to do your own podcast? Um, take a few minutes and tell us why you're doing what you're doing. What's the what's the goal? What's the mission here? It's mostly boredom. (laughs) No, well, you're bored, but 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 (laughs) but but you're taking you're taking friends and family and putting them in cars to come to your house where we've never been, despite thirty years of friendship. Um, (laughs) It's more than boredom. What's your goal? What's your mission for your podcast? It's
0: real. It's it's really two or three things. Um, Number one, I I feel that these kind of conversations you can't get them, you can't record them for posterity. Any other way but having a conversation on a podcast, so, as I said at the intro, the first one, you know you can have videos videos on your iPhone, you can have photos of you and your family, you can have those those posed photos at the bar mitzvahs, but they don 't tell you anything about the people who are in those photos it 's nice to see how they looked, but if you think about it, think about how stupid that is. like okay, we captured in a photo or a video how people looked at a particular time, five degrees better that we you capture. What people are, you know, the sound of their voice, what they're thinking, you know, how how they, you know, communicate,
1: and I wanted to get that down for me and all my friends. So is this this is so an audiobook. So instead of having the photo album on the coffee table from from make, make it a Brooks bot mitzvah from from three years ago, which I haven't ever looked at. Your point is now I'm gonna have my spoken album of uh people who are a part of my world and i'm gonna have it available on my coffee table so that what in 10 20 years when someone comes to visit you you're gonna say do you want to hear my talk with brother eric well i mean, I
0: mean well it's not that for me i was just for anyone for brother eric 20 30 years from now when he's kicked off um he's,
1: no god forbid poo 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 my wife would say <laughs> F- 60, 70, 80, 60, 90 70 years. years. We're going to talk about death, by the way. Okay. We've got a lot to talk 70 about. 70 years yeah. later. Yeah. When, when he gets, his kids it's are going to have it. It's for his him. kids to have it. Of course. So that his kids can be reminded. I Eric 70 years so, from now. So his kids will gonna, now have a, a, a spoken record of the fact that their beloved father was tortured five to six times a yes. week but by yes, their uncle for Steve, years on end. I'm
0: not the first person who did this. Steven Spielberg did this show oh, project. Oh, yeah, for the Holocaust. He interviewed, yeah. just like I am right. doing, he interviewed we Holocaust survivors record. who
1: really were tortured, but that was but Those that, are people who were tortured. They were, but that was not to, me. to create a record. See, this is the irony. Steven Spielberg did what he did so that the deniers, which is a big movement, they're Holocaust deniers, could be could be but, overcome. But, but why did he and have to now, why did he have to speak on audio with them?
0: He could have he could have had them sign affidavits, he could have taken pictures well. As it, it
1: brings it to life.
0: Exactly. But, but
1: it's but again Precisely. Steven Spielberg was to make sure that history would have a record, a spoken record, as well as a visual yeah. record, of the atrocities of the Holocaust. What you're doing by having Brother Eric here is creating a written of, record of the atrocities the, in of the your childhood. Yeah, absolutely. So, so it's kind of, it, it's to my same, mind, it's a little bit of a different... Listen, but, all yeah.
0: atrocities should be recorded. Yeah, they should, I suppose. But, but, but yes, uh, all jokes aside, yeah. that's exactly the same point, right? Like, there's something about getting this down on audio that brings it to life in a way that photos and affidavits wouldn't.
1: I think it's great fun. Yep. Yep. Now, if you could have someone on your podcast that's not a part of your Bright Time like friends and family, yeah. uh, put aside Sam Harris, who I know is an influence on you, who who would you – if if you could have a famous person, uh, alive or dead, who um, would be able to come and answer your questions for 55 minutes that you'd broadcast on B- Bright Time, who would you like to have a chat with well, for – Who would that be? Well, this question
0: dovetails with your original question, why I'm doing the podcast. The second reason I'm doing the podcast is because I wanted to learn how to do a podcast so then I could do it more seriously. And when I do it more seriously, I'm going to interview people who have expertise and are important people in subjects that I'm interested in. So, for example, I read a book on stoicism, written by the dean of um, University of Texas, Austin Law School. And I've Corresponded with him a little about how I enjoy his book, and I'm going to have him on the podcast at some point. Is that right? He agreed to come on and be interviewed. Oh, absolutely not. He has no idea.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> just a, it's a fantasy of yours.
0: No, but it's going to happen because anyone who's who's written a book or has expertise on things wants to share it. Typically, now it's not uncommon. I suspect once I ask him, he will do it. Well, why wouldn't he?
1: Have an hour um, because made. he's got lunch plans. Well, I don't know. well the got... great,
0: th- well, the great thing is the podcast. What I'm doing is I'm building a a, a viewership. We just passed today a thousand downloads on that's the podcast, that which is insane is in eight weeks. Which is no, it's more than insane. It's what is it? It's ludicrous. Yeah, okay, which is more insane? Which is than more ludic- insane than insane? Ludicrous? Uh, well, we could debate this all night, okay. but yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so by the, I'm establishing credibility in an audience, he'll want to. I it.
1: think that's amazing. Yeah. Um, let sure. me ask you this. Yeah, stoicism. Oh no! Let's take the. I've been mocked. <laughs> I, I'm not mocking it. By no. the way, I know a little bit about it. You turned me on to it first. The, first of all, there was the Stephen West. Is his name? Is that right? The philosopher. Oh yes, this? yeah, yeah. He, that was the first podcast I ever heard. He's got a it great was two philosophy or three years podcast. Ago, yeah. And you said, Lon, you like, you're interested in this or that or the other thing. I think you'd be interested in Stephen West. And and I listened to a bunch of his. Um, I think he's got um, a very very approachable, very interesting way that he presents. Um, famous and maybe not so famous philosophers in, in, a, in a way that's approachable and understandable. And, uh, and, and I think he does a great job. My question for you is this. Is, that, is, is it that podcast, Philosophize This, that introduced you to the Stoics and to the philosophy of Stoicism? Yes. And take a minute, if you would. Um, well, let, let me say this. You want me to you, let me, i I was going to say this. Oh, let me no. see if I. am going to introduce it. I if can't we haven't
0: lost the listeners now, we're going to lose them.
1: <laughs> am I right? I'm Don't, happy to talk about ancient it. Greece, ancient Rome. There'd be these philosophers who would write letters about how to live a skillful life, and it was mostly. Um, it, it was a, it was a, it was a school of philosophy that was attempting to be practical and attempting to say this is how a learned person lives a a, a well-lived life am i right am i wrong tell me tell yeah, tell us about mostly right. stoicism yeah
0: so so the greeks came up with philosophy basically and they had competing schools that all discussed what they thought was the way to live a well-lived life and the stoics were one of them and the cynics were another and aristotle's in the mix there and um Stoicism resonated with me. It was a very practical philosophy, and it's making a huge comeback now, and people are writing books and doing podcasts on it, and it's really part of my broader study of how to live a happy life, because I've always been very happiness-focused, and, you know, Stoicism is just one piece of it. I mean, Buddhism is another, psychology is another, philosophy in general is another, People, you know, people need to think about these things because as we get older, and we're getting older, um, you know, it's uh, it's easy to get
1: down about life because we're heading towards something that's not so good. Well, let's say what we're ta- We're heading towards, it, and, and and Buddhism addresses the same issues. It, it's talking about how do we live a happy life when, with each passing day, we're getting closer to being sick. And diseased and dying, and not just us. The people who we love are getting closer to being sick and diseased and dead. And so, I think these 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 philosophers uh, are trying to uh, to give us some wisdom and some insight into. You know, it'd be easy to just you know get depressed or uh, you know uh, just just forlorn and and say, "What's the point? Um, We're on this. We're on this this really horrible path." So, so let me ask you this. What is the practice? How does someone who's interested in Stoicism, like you are, um, how do you practice the philosophy of Stoicism so that we can more skillfully be happy and and and, and not be, you know, um, overcome by the difficulties of life?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a tough question to answer without getting into a lot of depth on what Stoicism is, which. Knowing my friends and family,
1: we're is interested a, to know. Inquiring Give us the two-minute version. What? Do you, how does it? What would you do well, tomorrow if you were faced with a big challenge? And you say, "You know what? I've I've read Seneca. I've read uh, Aurelius. I've, I've I've read Epictetus. Um, this is what I'm going to do faced with this yeah, challenge." Yeah. So, so,
0: the Stoics. One of the main principles is to determine what's in your control and what's not in your control. And what's not in your control, you shouldn't care about. Which is the most obvious point, right? Right. So you got to break down real quickly what's in your control. And the only thing that's in your control really is your, is your actions and your judgments. So if you judge death to be a bad thing, as most Americans do, you're going to be very unhappy as you approach death.
1: Well. Come on, everybody approaches, everybody views death as a, as a bad thing. I, th- I think that's a lot to ask for.
0: No, well, well, maybe it is for the beginning stoic, but the reality is once you internalize the fact that we're all going to die. It's part of life. It's, it's an absolute natural part of life. Um, you're going to, there's, there's a better way than to go through life as you get older and start worrying about dying, which is what most people do. So what's the better way? The better way is to realize that, you know, think about it a little each day. That we're all dying. Right. And if you think about we're all dying each day and if you wake up in the morning and you do it in a non morbid way, I'm not suggesting we think about, you know, wake up and saying, you know, I'm going to die. My kids are going to die. You know, that dwelling on that, not not what Stoics are thinking about, nor Buddhists, for that matter. But if you if you remind yourself from time to time about that, we're all mortal, that our time is precious. It's the one thing we can't buy with anything, money or otherwise, then, um you might wake up and use that day a little better. And that's what I do.
1: Right. It makes us realize the preciousness of life, right? Yes. And it makes us realize, and and, and 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 your favorite REO Speedwagon song is Live Every Moment, which I think ties into what you just described. Well,
0: even, even more importantly, we went and saw REO on a yeah. Sunday night. Yeah. I drove out to Long Island with the galoot. Right. Like, there's no reason to do that. We, we paid double for the tickets. It was a big schlep out there. It, I was tired, frankly. So- but the reason why you do it it's because you, if you spend time recognizing that time is precious... Then instead of staying home and watching Game of Thrones, which I can watch a week later, you get in the car and you go out there and you watch REO Wagon.
1: Yeah, and we did. And we did. And they so were old. They were And great. they're close to being diseased and dying. By the way, that
0: was another stoic exercise. Yeah. By watching those 70-year-old oh my God. old men on that stage, Jesus. it made me realize we're right behind they're them. They're very so,
1: old. They yeah. took the stage at like 9 o'clock, and by 9.40, they were like ready for their prune juice in the hotel As were yeah. we. <laughs> yeah. You, you didn't even <laughs> stay for the end. Why would, would we? Were Let me <laughs> So two things. So- let me ask you this: um, on appreciating, on, on having a passion for the, um, the 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 finite nature of life, um, which I think is a core essence of, of what you're describing. As so well as, as Buddhism, as, right? Uh, yes. Um, does is that part of the reason why you are always harassing your friends to get? on a plane and go to another trip. I mean, in fairness, I joke, but is that part of the reason why you're saying, let's do it another trip. We got to do it. We're going to be dead soon. Am I, is that part of your, I, I, could, I could
0: speed the podcast
1: up real quick. Yeah.
0: Yeah. hundred uh,
1: okay. um, percent. Yes. Question on that. Is there going to come a time? And if so, when do you think it is? That you're not going to succeed in being able to rally all of us to like, yeah, yeah, I'll pack our go- all, all our prescription meds yeah. and put it, and put it into our yeah. carry-ons I- and go on a trip. How many years left do we have? How many yeah, trips yeah. left do we? Well, have? Well, you uh, you're right. We we don't. But
0: uh, if you guys start backing out, I'll make new friends. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll go to Australia and go with Dan who's You'll 10 do years what you got to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would. I hope it's with you guys, but you know it, uh, I'm I'm not stopping yeah. now I will admit though I see already changes in my own um, way of thinking um, me and Dave the glute were thinking about going I was trying to get him to go to Bali because I was there and it's a 20 hour flight and even I thought like do I really want to go through 20 hour flight um, 20 years ago I would never think twice about it so yes there are concessions to age but no I will go out every weekend on any trip anytime anyone wants obviously I don't want to be gone too much from my own family but um it never seems is, to happen too way, much
1: is that obvious cuz <laughs> cuz to some of us it's not it, it's, it's okay. not hitting us on the oh, head we'll think, the notion we'll, that you don't want to be too we'll, far we'll, away we'll from think, you. think about it think okay. about
0: it it seems like i want to go away from my family every weekend but it takes that kind of attitude to get you guys to go away once every 2 months So, in reality, I'm not away from them that often. You
1: do the math, you're quantitative about it. I
0: would not go away every weekend and leave my family. No, I like being around them. The kids are going to college soon. uh, Days are numbered. Yeah, yeah. You taught me that. Like, the kids are going away.
1: Congratulations. I don't want to dwell on it. I want to be respectful of privacy. But, uh, Jacob. Oh, uh, so uh, 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 Jacob's going. Did, did you want to talk about any of that? Did he well, say that he made he, a decision? He's Jacob the kid is, was unbelievably successful, off the charts, successful uh, high school student. What do you want to say about? So,
0: so Jacob is currently at Yale for the admitted students weekend, and he's choosing. He's narrowed his choices down between Yale and Duke. Um, Duke is offered him a full three hundred thousand dollars scholarship. Three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. Among and um, and he hasn't decided yet. Um, and I've told him to the chagrin of most of my friends that I don't want him to take into account money Um, and the fact that he would save me only basically half a million dollars of earning power (laughs) if he went to Duke. I want him to go where he's going to be happy Um, uh, and he'll make his decision in the next couple of days, but either one's going to be a good one. And if it's Yale, that's fine. The bottom line is, another philosophy of mine, I've never made a decision based on money. And I get mocked a lot for that because some of them, Sometimes I've made the, what would appear to be the wrong decision, but I don't, I'm not motive, motivated by money. I'm not going to be motivated um, by money now. And if Jacob feels he's going to be happier at Yale, I hope he goes there.
1: Well, congratulations to Jacob. I agree 100% whichever place he chooses. It's amazing. Okay, Can I'm, we talk about our college for a second?
0: I hope so. We're gonna We've go, got eight no, minutes. No, no. We're going to go well past an hour and then we'll, we'll, we'll dig down. We
1: won't go much past it. Okay. I'm going to move fast. Wait, you want to talk about what? College? We went to college together. Wait, what are we talking about? It's been about? mentioned. Binghamton. When are we going to college? Me, I'm going to skip all the like, you know, because because you've talked about it with 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 everybody. We had parties, we drank a lot. And the drink. Let me ask you this. Yes, yeah, sir. Is there if if you had the opportunity today to go back to back in time and to do something differently um, in college? Than what we actually, than what you actually did in college, um, would you do something differently? And if so, oh, what abso- would it be? Absolutely, that's tell a great, tell that's tell, a great tell question. Tell us what it is.
0: I generally went out five or six times a week.
1: That's often as you tortured Eric, as yes, we're saying, yes, in Binghamton,
0: <laughs> I, 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 um, I felt from coming from Bronx Science where I didn't have a lot of fun. I to, had a lot of catching up to do, and um, I would instead of going out five or six times a week, though. I would have gone out six or seven times a week. And that, so that, that's the big difference. You would have done one night a week. That's a a jokey uh, answer, but here is the serious answer. I would have enjoyed learning about the humanities when I was in college in a way that I'm learning in the last few years through podcasts and my own studies and reading. So you, so I wasted I wasted the academic side no, of No, but
1: let me challenge that for a second because we talk about how Oh, I definitely did. Well, we talk about the, we talk about I'm not going to challenge that you, we wasted time. Although I will I, we could challenge that too because time spent sitting around playing foosball with with Timmy or going to the OP with Brian or whatever yeah. it is that we did. I mean, that I don't was do that, right that now. was valuable in its own way, but yeah. here's why I'll challenge it because I say to you sometimes um and I want to talk about this in a minute. I, I say to you sometimes, look, I get frustrated that there's things that I feel that I've learned in recent years that I'd like to share um, with my kids. And who and, and my oldest is college age. And I say, this is something, you want to pour me alcohol? I do. I, I you just, were trying to do it on the slide. I'm trying to I'm be a host again. but uh... <laughs> A lot of alcohol is being consumed. Um, so no, I'll just get... So I say... So, I say I'd like to impart to my eighteen year old daughter things that I think are important now that I'm fifty and and you remind me and you say that's stop it. There's what you think is important at 50, 18 year olds don't think is important. So I come back to your uh, statements from a minute you ago. Go. You think philosophy and stoicism and, and, and the humanities is is absolutely fascinating. Now put that back into the body and mind of any 19-year-old—well, not any, because there are humanities majors and philosophy majors—but I say put it back into your mind, and you'd be approximately as interested in it um, if you went back in time as you were in yeah, real time. And yeah, I, I disagree. Okay, so
0: I, I like to think I'm an influence on Jacob, and I've discussed this with him. And yes, he's in a different plane than I am, but you know, he's a science guy and you know, computers and math. Well, he's frankly anything he can, his, his writing is better than mine, but no, you don't have to be 18 and so stupid that you don't, can't appreciate the classics. And, you know, you need someone to tell you that, that the classics have value and schools like he's been admitted to value that. Um, Binghamton, I think did, but you know, we weren't listening. I certainly wasn't. And, my parents, you know, having not gone to college, they weren't really in a great position to say that. So, no, I disagree. I, I think it's great to have that background. I have friends who have that background when they went to college, and uh,
1: yeah. So okay. yeah. So you uh, you would trade? So I I missed that. You it's, would trade economics for humanities and philosophy as a I, major. That doesn't seem like a like well, a transcendental. Well, econo-
0: well, first of all, economics. I I didn't never went to class. Right. I will tell the economics story real quick, please. So. To be a major in economics, you have to take a certain amount of classes, you have to have a certain amount of requirements, and you have to declare your major. So sophomore year, I declared as an economics major. I'm sure I gave exactly zero seconds of a thought why I declared it, and I declared it because I had to. And there was a book that you got on your first day of Binghamton that had all the requirements of any particular major. So it said you had to take X number of classes on these levels, and that would get you an economics degree. So I looked at it. I, you know, you have an advisor, but I never met that person. And the bottom line is bef- like five days before my family was coming up to graduate for my graduation, um, I got an e- – uh, it wasn't an email. It was some note that saying, you know, we see you've declared as an economics major, but, you know, we don't know who you are and <laughs> you've never met an advisor <laughs> and um, we can't – We you, to oh, be able to graduate, yeah. you need to be – to sign off from the economics department. So – I had, all I had been doing is following that book that I got the first day that said, you take these classes. Yeah. So I go into the economics department, which I had never entered before. It was in one of the towers at Binghamton. And there were two old ladies sitting there. And by the way, they might have been like 40. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were generally hey, old ladies. Should, yeah. But I go in and I, the first thing I said when I walked in, I said, uh, hi, I'm Brian Denevsky. And I was going to explain... I need this sign off. To they get knew who I you memory. were. You and were said, on their blacklist. They turned to each other. and said, You're Brian Denevsky. We've been we've wondering. been looking for you for four years. They said exactly that. <laughs> we've been wondering who you are for for two years since. So, and and well, who are you? And what? And I said,
1: Yeah, you know. Uh, I've been playing a lot of foosball. Yeah, I've, been, I've been leading a fraternity of, I, I, of dorks. I, I've, I've been engaging in important activities. I
0: had a lot of catching up to do. Wow. So, so how'd you how'd you get it done? Five and, days. Well, but, I mean, think about it. If I had just read the, the, the stupid book wrongly and not taken one course wrong, my parents would have had to cancel the, the hotel they were staying in, and I wouldn't have graduated. But I guess I got lucky. You got it done. They signed up. They signed whatever had you, to be you signed. Gave them,
1: you, you gave them a dose of your I, charisma and your charm. Yes,
0: and I graduated magna cum nothing. So. Uh,
1: yeah, neither did I. So and, uh, that, and that, uh, Another story. Listen. Well, no, we're going to keep going. For can night we? Night. We got 10 minutes. Yeah, easy. You know why we should go over? This is bright time. Oh, you think I deserve extra this, time? well you are. <laughs> again, you're the leader, you're the genesis, you're 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 the the catalyst for, for all of this. If there's any interview that's going to go a little bit over, and I apologize, it's my fault for i going to throw these next way, three folders. I think folders you're doing better on than the I'm doing. I love Screw these folders. More folders. I'm making You know what I'm doing now? I'm making judgment calls, I'm saying this This isn't but wait, worthy. But you're doing the same thing I did. Watch me do this. But
0: I've, I have I've forgot so many of the great stories of my friends. You're doing a great job. See that? You're crumpling That's up not so. worthy. Okay. Yeah, make some jokes. Hey, take a second.
1: I can sing for the crowd while you're at the... We talked so far, your childhood. We talked about Bronx Science. There's a lot we of talked, tears involved. We talked about college. Crying. Yes. And we talked about your podcast. Let's talk... but. We took things a little bit out of order in terms of chronology That's because good. let's go we, – we're now – we're going to skip law school and just go straight good. to your <laughs> – Good. The only thing that happened in law school was Gerard tackled you and almost killed yes. you in, in a game of of touch football. Yeah. Can we skip my career too? No. Well, we can. I just want to start with the, the infancy <laughs> of your career, your first summer job, because it ties into your – in, <laughs> it ties into okay. your um, growing up in the South Bronx, which isn't the most – uh, it was, it wasn 't the most sophisticated experience that you had growing up in, in, in the South Bronx with, with uh, a mom who was out having coffee, a dad who was working hard, and, and, and you farting into tennis ball cans um, <laughs> to, to, to torture Eric. So, so fast forward, we, you, you, you end up you go to Bronx Science, you go to Binghamton, you do really well in your first year of law school. Um, and then you the only- get first summer job yeah. and you're, 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 you find yourself in a situation where now um, this kid from the South Bronx needs to be um, wearing professional dress attire <laughs> and going to go, going to meals with sophisticated colleagues and, um, and there were a couple missteps or, or, or awkward moments along the way. Do you, do you know what I'm referring to? I, I do, I do. So, so tell us about the, the, the dress attire. I,
0: I think um, the galoot referred to this as make sure Alon talks to you about your caveman
1: years. Yeah, he gave me some insight there. Yeah, talk, so, let's talk about that.
0: Yeah, so uh, I was a summer associate. And all The other 16 summer associates were all from Harvard and Yale and all those fancy law schools. And I was from Hofstra. And um, we show up and I make some friends. And... One guy, this guy Len, good guy, and um, he, he, we're in a library of of the law firm, we're researching, do whatever summer associates do, and he looks at me, he's like, dude, you got a nice shirt you got you're wearing, you have to wear a t-shirt under your.
1: Dress shirt it's summertime.
0: I could see your nipples it's and sum- your,
1: your your body. It's summertime. It's like ninety eight <laughs> degrees without the humidity. No one told me you would why and would I wear an extra shirt when it's ninety degrees? See, that's what a kid from the South Bronx who who's smart would say yeah. who's who's never actually worn a suit before. Yeah, but you're supposed to wear a t shirt yeah. especially in the summertime.
0: And I had millions of those stories. I mean, even in Bronx Science, I had them. I mean, before Bronx Science, I had a Bronx accent that I kind of little away at as I as I got older oh Dave wants I have to just tell you without even being asked they yeah. want me to talk about the story I went to a teen tour in Israel when I was after after 17 years old so I'm not a kid anymore I'm in I'm in Bronx Heights for two or three years now I go to Israel and we're all having dinner in Jerusalem or somewhere and all the kids are rich kids from all around the country and I just noticed that the way they're eating is different from me, but I couldn't immediately recognize what it was. And then I looked, and I realized I was holding the fork like a like a shovel. Like I don't know how to describe
1: it. Yeah. But like, like you not, were trying to dig the earth, like out like, from you know you were trying to like dig out a yeah, tree. Yeah. So from, think about holding a fork from, from the of, roots. Yeah, yeah.
0: Instead of holding a fork like you normally would, yeah. it was like a shovel and. Which is not appropriate. And,
1: <laughs> <laughs> not if you're at a white shoe law Well, you weren't at a white shoe law firm no, were No, but I was just in public.
0: Yeah. But I'd never been, my parents never took us to restaurants. They they viewed going to restaurants as their own fun. And so that moment, I'm like, my God, I'm like,
1: I'm a caveman. So sweet. Who set you straight? Was there someone like. Well, I, uh, I caught myself on that one. Ah, okay. I'm like,
0: okay, everyone's holding. I watched and I, they yeah, were holding it differently.
1: So I learned. Yeah. Well done. I. I, I Thank mean, you, sir. And and so we i missed so by the time you were going to the fancy restaurants with your colleagues at the fancy law firm you no, already knew how to hold a fork I, I knew you how to hold a fork but I was
0: still behind and it took and how to wear a shirt I, I caught up by the time I started I was 20 you know 3 or 24 but it yeah. took that's pretty
1: late You're a quick learner but there was <laughs> oh, no, no one I'm there not. for you in the beginning I'm the worst I mean it's hey, listen it, it, you can't you can't fault yourself for, for oh, I can for for not, for not knowing um if no one ever showed you Right. Um. So I've got, we're we're at a minute and four minutes. Let, I, I'm going to go another an hour. hour. I've got like it's my what pie, I think I is it. like five or six minutes of rapid questions. Okay. Um, but, but before we go there, I want to talk about something that, that weighs on my mind. I'm a little scared. It's down. a little bit about me oh, for no. a second. Here, let me just, I'm going to just throw this out there. I'm going to try to make it quick. One of the things that I love about you, no joke, and I'm, what, I'm going to guess that everybody who's listening to this, everyone who's in the bright time world, all your friends and family, <laughs> the bright, listen. There's a bright you it, it goes to your point about stoicism. It goes to your point about how to live a happy life. It goes to your point about your life is finite. Your 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 memento mori coin. By the way, th- that's why you have the, <laughs> the. Your coin with the Latin phrase is it memento mori? Am I saying it right?
0: No. Well. I saw a memento mori coin, which means remember we die." What do
1: you have on your coin? It doesn't say that?
0: It does, but I, it has a, a, another Latin phrase that Jacob helped me translate. What does it say? It says, um, live your life like every moment live
1: can. Live like you're dying. There's yeah. like a pop song that says that, right? Correct. There's so so uh, even Natalie, who gets annoyed at you, because Wait, Natalie doesn't like me. Well, she loves you, but 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 she feels now we're learning like stuff. She, no, she loves you, but she feels like you're always you're always the person who's taking me away from her, and which I because, am. which you are. So, but but <laughs> all of that said, one of the things that I think all of us love and admire about you is the fact that you have. A positive attitude. And you can say it's, oh, it's Brian being superficial, Brian being everything's easy, everything's black and white, there's no depth. But I think it's way more than that. I think it it, it is depth. And and so I think you're on everybody's short list. I think you're on everybody, at least everybody who's been invited to be a guest on your podcast. You're on everybody's short list of who do you call? when there's something that is causing you like to worry to stress out I know I know cousin Dave does that I know I know that that Waller does that I know that I do that um I I I know your brothers do that I know your father does that I know your mother did that so I'm gonna venture to say that that is one of your great attributes and I, I I I'm grateful for having you as a friend for that and so like I know if I'm stressed at work I'm gonna call you and you're gonna be like look here's the deal, not a problem and here's why. If a health issue, like all of that and and almost always I come off the phone with you or the the drink outing with you saying, I'm grateful that Brian's in my life. He has kind of straightened things out a little bit. What I thought was setting me off kilter is like not that big a deal. But there's an exception. Oh, no. Yeah. We're going to talk about it in a minute because I think you've fallen short in this one regard. And I think you're giving short shrift to it. I want to talk about it now with Let's, everybody. Let's put it out there. And maybe we're not gonna resolve it now. We'll have to take up a part two, like at some point down the road. But but you and I have talked a number of times about climate change and global warming. Oh no. And I don't think I'm alone this in this. This is in my me. neuroses. Like I think much of the world and much of the world is super worried about. The, the generation, two generations, three generations from now and what's going to happen because of what we hear in the press um, about global warming and climate change. And, and you've said to me, don't believe everything you read. It's, it's, it's the media getting crazy. It's, it's not, and, and you've kind of get, you've, you've stayed true to form and you've tried to say, Lonnie, if you're worried about, like, if you're losing sleep over this, like, take some time with me and I'll set you straight. There's people who are like, have the dissenting view. albeit in a minority view because the press is crazy and the, the lobbyists are crazy and the politics are crazy, but you've said, it ain't that crazy. The world's going to be okay. We're going to be okay. Our grandkids are going to be okay, right? That am I right so far? Like that's the yes. essence of what you said. So, 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 out comes the official government sanction Uni-
0: report. The United Nations uh, UPPC report.
1: I, I, I don't know if it's United Nations or if it's from. I thought it was from the U.S. government. It's under our it, current administration from the UN. Yeah. And so, so I read, I read like. The first two, like, summary messages, oh, oh, and by the way, the essence of what you've told me is like, Lon, look, is there global warming? Yes, there's some degree of global warming. Is it human cost? Maybe it's human cost. I'll even grant you that, right? Like, But is it like the crisis that the world is making out to be? That's where I think you draw, th- where you say, I'm out. It's not a crisis. It's an issue yep. that can be dealt with, and your point is, why are we going to spend a, try to spend a ton of money trying to, throw, uh, trying to address this problem? It's not worth being addressed. Yep. Or, or, so, so I read – let's just take it here. I read like the summary point about fr- – from this U.S. sanctioned um, report that comes out l- last year. It says this. I'm going to say this quickly. Oh, we got time. A team of more than 300 federal and non-federal experts – Including individuals from federal, state, and local governments, tribes, indigenous communities, national laboratories, universities, <laughs> the private sectors, have given their time to produce this assessment with input from external stakeholders <laughs> at each stage okay, of the process. All right? So this is the essence of it. And, and, so and their conclusion is that things are going to be very bad very soon. On the soon. economy. The point where you've told me, Lonnie, like this isn't worth throwing a lot of money at it. Here's their summary. Here's their like one sentence yeah. synopsis. By the way, it, you and I have agreed on this. It's a billion pages. Their report. Yeah. All these people have put it together. A report. My guess is maybe six people in the universe have read this report in yeah. its entirety. But they've summarized it for us, and they say on the economy, which is the the dollars yeah. impact. Quote, without substantial and sustained global <laughs> mitigation and regional adaptation efforts. Climate change is expected to cause growing losses to American infrastructure and property and impede the rate of economic growth over this century. So I'm gonna say this and it's yeah. not for today, it's not fair, and we haven't I haven't said to you I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you on your on your views about global global warming and climate change. I'm just gonna say this. I love you for having calmed me down on dozens and dozens of episodes that i've had over the last 30 years where i've said i'm like a little freaked out and you've i've gotten off the phone with you or gotten home from drinks with you and i'm like i'm good now fester set me straight i'm still freaking out about global climate change i mean you and i need to spend some more time together yeah i'm gonna invite you now to say here's my summary statement on this and we'll talk about it again later or we could just simply talk about it again later um but uh but I'm worried, and, and, and you're great, but, but I'm still worried. All right.
0: It's all going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: because? Because
0: um, the report you're referencing, I'm going to really boil it down. The report you're referencing says that in 2100, which is another you know 80 years from now, climate change is as bad as expected will be a $500 billion problem. Okay. That is a fraction of our GDP of the world right now. So the point is, even by their own report, there's, it's not a huge problem. If they said $30 trillion, that'd be one thing, but the point is, this is a small problem. So you don't
1: think this is a call for action? You well, don't think
0: this- well, it is a call for action and the people who are calling for it, we can debate what their motivations are, which we don't have time for on this podcast. But the point is, the climate is warming. It's going to be okay. No, Nobody we know has suffered any ill effect from it, as far as I know. I, I would assume you would agree with that. I
1: think this is considered to be a, a, a problem for the next 50, 100, 150 years. Okay. Agreed, yep,
0: agreed. okay. So basically, climate change models are all about the future it's about predicting predicting the future and nobody predicts a future well and you're not going to predict it now well and you know it's it's a longer discussion but the point is it's it's really nothing is there anything that you're afraid of i'm not a good swimmer is
1: that because well did you ever get You you said there were pools at the bungalow did you ever get swim lessons
0: yeah, I was never. I always sank. Yeah, immediately. So I don't
1: think you got good swim lessons. Yeah,
0: there's nothing to be afraid of. You know, uh, we'll go right. We're gonna we're gonna bring it right back to stoicism and Buddhist, buddhism. Yeah. yeah, we're all gonna die. It's so true. you know, there's no reason to fear it. It's it's coming. It's okay. All we can control is how we enjoy it while we're here.
1: Well. Some, so some not, could say what we can control is how we, how we mitigate the, 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 the problems that are going to impact our kids and our grandkids. The reality
0: is we have to enjoy every moment. It's very short-lived. You're
1: back to REO with every <laughs> moment. By the way, and how upset can... are you that that's never – not only Nobody was it not on their that's... playlist, it's never on their playlist. <laughs> I'm so angry. Not once. Two last questions and we're shutting it down. Michael Jackson has been pretty well established to be a pedophile and sex abuser. Do we is, still is love? Is that
0: him? is that now is that wrong now? And like, well, that's the age? question.
1: My question is, do it, well, we know that it's wrong? The question is, is it wrong to still love his music, or or can we still love his music? Because, notwithstanding his sexual sexual abuse of children, he wrote good dance songs. Yeah
0: i wasn't sure about the answer until you asked the question, now because I thought maybe it's wrong to enjoy his music because he produced it and he's a terrible person. yeah. the answer is we can enjoy his music and we should
1: you know he wrote a lot of good music i, I because you because <laughs> of that i'm glad you gave that answer because I wasn't sure myself and and i, and I did, you do, did i typically well I typically Uh, follow your advice um i think i think i can draw a distinction between him as a person i could draw a distinction between myself giving him money if he was on tour if he was alive and touring i might say i'm not going to give the guy a hundred dollars yeah but if 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 i'm already paying for spotify 10 bucks a month and his music is on there like i think i i get what you're saying i'll listen to it and in
0: fact i think the problem is that if if you're someone who's crazy about this yeah, you know, if Michael Jackson comes down and you're triggered because, you know, he's such a terrible person, that's kind of silly. That's a that's a recipe to being unhappy. So, yes, enjoy Michael. The best song ever written was Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. That's such a good song. The best song ever. Every
1: time that comes on, it makes <laughs> How can I'm you happy? not be happy when that song? <laughs> it's like the Stoics. If the Sto if if Marcus Aurelius was alive today, what he would advise people in terms of how to live a happy life, he'd say listen to Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. And and I do every night. Last two questions and we're shutting it down. Oh, two more. I love it. Last two questions and <laughs> two we're shutting more. it down. Let's do it. You're the guy who plans all our road trips. What's on your bucket list? Where are we going to go that we haven't gone that you are most excited to take us off?
0: I'm not excited about the place we're going, but we're going to
1: Austin, Texas for your 50th. You're not excited about that? Where, do you, where should we go instead? Bali. All right. Go to Bali. Tell, tell, <laughs> tell everybody to take twelve thousand dollars to go for four days to Bali. What's wrong with you? We can't do. We can't do that. I
0: want to. I want to go somewhere good. But but, if I, but Bali's
1: on your. Bali's on your bucket list. That's your answer.
0: No, I'll go anywhere. But I just more more is better. But uh, well, we will have a great time in Austin. And um, for Adam, my brother's fiftieth, we're looking to go to
1: Miami. Miami. That, <laughs> I, mean, I, I laugh because that's exotic because.
0: Exactly because it's silly but you know we got to get all the guys I to go, go but so. I I
1: I had, I had work in, last question Yeah Do you think we accomplished what we set out to do here which is to 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 leave your bright time listening audience having learned something at least one thing new about they the common denominator here, which is that we all love you. Do you think? We, do you think fl- I, most I, folks have learned something?
0: I, maybe a little. I wanted to be funnier. I wanted yeah, everyone. I, I, I took, just want people to think I'm funny I'll and like a great guy for that. I so I like,
1: told funny foosball stories. Yeah. Like, but so I, I took I, you to Stoic. Nice. professor. Thank you for Lon. the privilege Bye, of by the way. having this conversation with you. And it's a, been great.
0: Yeah. And by the way, you did a great job. I, well, well, I think we'll you, I, people are going to want more of you, tell. and I'm going to feel like no one wants It's been a great honor. Cheers. Peace out.